all those things when you're talking about that you're standing on holy ground there is no context which you can morally condemn god the second you start talking about morality you're talking about god he does not give you that option Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that attempts to break down cultural assumptions and view those from a more biblical lens. I'm Josh Phillips, joined always by Mr. Shane Skirvin. Shane, when are you moving back to Texas? <laughs> Gotta throw a different one there to start with. Curveball. I'm just kidding. Uh, how, how are you doing, Shane? How's it going? I'm doing, I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great, too. I know you're doing great over there in Oregon, so I just thought I'd just throw that one in there just to... Just a little... Just rattle your cage yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah so... Uh, Challenge assumptions. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's, but it's really nice for you to live out there. It's really really beautiful. I've, I've been you. there once. I've been there once. It's it's weird seeing mountains, you know, from here. We're in the flatlands, so it's weird to see all that. <laughs> so, well, anyways, uh, you're like, what is that blocking the sky? Yeah, I know. What's going on? <laughs> the world's about to end. What's what is that? Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, you can always you can always contact us. That is. Uh, via email on switching lenses podcast at gmail, and you can find us on Facebook as well. So, Shane, we are going to our well, at least our topic tonight stems from our last one we were talking about. We had one of our little quick takes. We just started first episode. I thought it went pretty well. I thought I liked how we did that. And I kind of want to do that more often when something when something comes up. Whenever we're seeing something in the news or some items in the news that feel we feel need addressed, uh, we'll certainly do that. But uh, one of our topics was. The idea of Marty Sampson from Hillsong, uh, or from Hillsong, and he's written other stuff as well too. But after we got with the po- done immediately after we're done with the podcast, me and you were talking. We're like, hey, we should do a whole episode talk about these questions that he's because we didn't really address any of the questions yeah. that he had asked. We just addressed the idea of people that just ask questions or that struggle with their faith, or and we just kind of handled it from that perspective. But we're like, you know, what? we really should. We should take some of these questions, give a kind of a quick response on all the stuff that he brought up. And we just, and lo and behold, here we are. It's our next episode. Because we think, you know, this would be, uh, he, he's not the only one that faces these types of questions. And so we thought it might be helpful, possibly if we address them individually and give our own response. So what do you say, Shane? Say, oh, I think we, that's great. I, I, I think all of us wrestle, uh, should wrestle with these questions. Yeah, yeah. So I basically broke down five, five of the questions that he had in there, or five accusations, however you want to put it. And we thought we'd just go one by one with these and just sort of give a quick response and kind of give our own thoughts on this and just kind of go one by one here. You ready, Shane? You ready yep. to do this? All right, let's do it. Okay, so he brought several accusations that he attributes to his... I think he, Didn't he put it, I think he's losing his faith? He wasn't... Yeah, he, wasn't, uh, he also described it at one point as on incredibly shaky ground. Yeah, so it wasn't like a total abandonment. It was just... Like, like you said, oh, shaky ground. That's a good way of putting it. So um, it's not like he's just totally walking away here. But uh, these are, some, these are some, some things he's struggling with. And lots of people struggle with these types of questions. So we thought, hey, let's do it here. Okay, so accusation number one. Uh, and I just got to take these in order of what I saw, the quote that I saw. So it's a, he said, how many preachers fall? Many. No one talks about it. And I just real quick before we get into this, he, he kind of, and we can kind of talk about this now if you want to, but it was almost poetic in a way. Because he ended several lines with "No one talks about it." That was a common theme going well, through all a, of his Well, he is he is a songwriter, Josh. <laughs> People <laughs> sing about it, but no one talks about it. Is that what? 
Uh, okay. You're, uh, and, you're, speaking po- and speaking poetically. You're entitled to one bad joke yeah, per, sorry. per episode. You, you used, used it. it. It's I gone. It. Okay. Oh, boy. Let's get back on track here. My goodness. All right. So, yeah. So, he said, yeah, but no one's... It was sort of poetic. He ended each one with no one talks about it. So, so Shane, um, how many preachers fall? Many. How much does this shock you? This- uh, you know, it doesn't... Sh- to me, there's two things that come up to mind with that. And one is when he talks about fall, really, that's the story of all of humanity. No one asks an animal if it had murdered another animal. You know, morality is the story of humanity as far as, uh, you know, everything is framed and defined by good and evil or good and bad. And so this idea that that's not going to be one of the central stories of humanity is, is first off, that's wild that no one thinks that that all of us, every single person faces temptation to, as he says, quote, fall from what you believe, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the definition of the human condition, which is universal, is, is that uh, humans are prone, not only are all of us tempted to fall, we're actually more prone to fall than not. We have a propensity to weakness. That's what the literal definition of human condition is. So that idea that that would be shocking in and of itself is kind of shocking. It kind of makes you wonder um, if he's in some sort of echo chamber as far as, I mean, to me, that's totally should be expected. That's where all of us are wrestling with these issues every day. But I will say this, as far as uh, people not talking about it, I, I, th- I struggle to understand that point because Jesus heavily criticized more than anyone else, quote unquote, preachers and teachers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they killed him for it. So the idea that this is uh, no one criticizes fallen uh, teachers or h- hypocrites more than uh, Jesus. So uh, to me, that is is kind of a strange um, you almost have to be in an isolated train of thought to be surprised by that. This is yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and what's strange about it, to, to your point, first off, I noticed you said you didn't say good and evil. You said good and bad. I did catch that, by the way, <laughs> our, per our conversation right before this inside joke there. Uh, and Ra. Um, well, what's interesting about that, what you were saying there, Shane, is it's it's almost it's kind of interesting that he he's been in church, right? I mean, he's, he's been writing songs. He's been at least in a church atmosphere. Any kind of preaching from the Bible points out many people, maybe not pastors per se, but many men of God in the Bible who, who were well thought of, well thought of, were righteous and, and praised from people and even, and, and even, you know, spoke high words spoken from God about them. Major do, characters, major characters. Major characters do horrible, horrible things that we would you know, we would fire you from a position in a church from, and you would never work in a church ever again, or any kind of ministry. I mean, it's some detestable things. So to be shocked by this, to see that pastors are falling, really shouldn't be any shock at all. I mean, this, just read, just you're careful. I mean, you kind of alluded to this already, but just anybody preaching from the Bible or reading from the Bible, this should really be no surprise that people fall. And and like we've always said, anybody that's been a Christian in church, we've, we've always said, you know, you don't judge you don't judge Christianity by Christians. You judge it by Jesus. You judge it by Christ. And I mean, he, he knows that. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he's heard that before. Well, that's, a, he, that's the tough part about this thing is like, I know he's heard some of this stuff before. So when he says like people aren't talking about it or don't know he talks about it, or, or, I know it might be a separate issue, but I'm, I'm sort of caught off guard by some of these comments, to be honest. Well, it goes back to that idea that behind every academic question is a emotional uh, question. You know, and, and to me, uh, you know, it's actually pretty complex. I think um, 
a lot of psychologists like Jordan Peterson hint at this. It's actually really complex why people believe certain things. You know, Timothy Keller um, cites this too, but people are actually conditioned by the who they're around and their community to receive and think more ideas. Some ideas are more credible than others. So there's it's, it goes back to what you're saying. You almost that idea that these are all dry academic. Uh, talking points that he's saying that aren't in some way he's dealing with uh, some sort of emotional fallout. Because I think even, even when you're looking at this, like you said, you can't hardly be around a church and think that the Bible characters come away from the central theme of the Bible is redemption is redemption. I mean, this idea that for someone to fall, they have to be put on a pedestal in the first place. What's the, what the earliest teaching of Christianity, there might be a hierarchy of authority, but there's no hierarchy of morality. Yeah. No one's better than anyone else. In in biblical worldview, there's no ring kissing. <laughs> you know, none of us are yeah. better than anyone else. That's the story of grace. And so you almost, the, the idea of falling, every man can fall from his, where he's standing to the ground, but he's talking about a falling from off a platform, which you really, you know, um, a, you know, a preacher or someone like that. And the reality is any of us and all of us can and do fall. You know, so it, it is. It kind of goes back to what you're uh, saying. Uh, the the biblical worldview never, the biblical worldview. I mean, look at the way the apostles, uh, what became apostles, the way they're described as disciples in the Bible. Do they come off looking very good in the gospel stories? The ringleader Peter, uh, he ends up denying Christ, calling down curses. I mean, all the disciples um, don't look that great. They're cowardly. They make some uh, poor decisions. They don't back up their leader, teacher, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they won't stay up awake with him to pray, right? Mm-hmm. They don't come off. The Bible never pulls any punches. That's one of the things I love about the Bible. It's a very, very realistic view of humanity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so that's a pretty good response there, I think, to, to his first accusation about um, men of God failing, or in, in his words, preachers. So let's move on to the second one here. Accusation two, he said, how many miracles happen? Not many, and no one talks about it. And this is kind of like this. this I think we both can have kind of a similar response that we did to accusation one, in that, like, I, I, I'm curious how you can think that, especially being. I guess, I guess it depends on where you where you get your information from. I suppose um, you know if you're getting your information from news networks and things of that, you know, like internet reading or something like that, whatever. You know, you may not see some of this stuff, but if you're actually looking for it, then there's miracles happening all over the place, right? I mean, well, there and you know, to me, there's two two different ways to look into this too. One is by definition, miracles are rare, and yeah. so we are saying um, no one's saying that they are common. We're saying they're a unique um, event that happens. So you wouldn't necessarily see them all the time. And then the other part. Uh, I think it's important exactly what you said, Josh. It's all a matter of perspective. I remember hearing a really respected historian say, you know, he was talking in the context of World War II, and he was saying men won World War II and women backing, you know, doing things they did, and then men fighting on the front lines. And he said it had nothing to do about God and miracles. And I remember right as he was talking about that, um, like within the same week, I heard a story about um, the D-Day invasion where the Allies came across the channel to invade France how um, that like uh, within a month of D-Day or something, something pretty close in the same season, there was one of the worst storms they'd had in many, many years. And they said if that storm would have hit at the same time our guys were trying to land, 
that it would have been devastating. They would have flipped boats hmm. over. Wow. Men would have drowned. It would have been it had been terrible. And so I remember looking at that man just after he had said that the historian, and realizing right there that that could easily been, have been a miracle. It's all a matter of perspective. Yeah. You know, this once sometimes a calm sea um, is the miracle not mm. the storm being rebuked you know it's all it's a perspective so important sometimes a miracle is a misdiagnose miss something that could be perceived as oh that was just misdiagnosed uh, right 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 and then but and then it very easily could have be well was that a miracle or wasn't it, or wasn't it and so perspective i think is super important to look at it and then and then I think it's really important just to kind of back up again what I was saying. No one's saying that these are everyday experiences. Mm-hmm. They, we're saying there is there are something that is typically rare and extraordinary. Well, to sort of piggyback off what you're saying, you're you're right. It is it is about perspective. And so, kind of, a, I have a question for you there, Shane. Uh, mm-hmm. That deals with perspective. Do you ever think, like, I guess you say the Western Church? I don't think he's really a part of the way. We well, live in Australia, right? And there where they're. Oh yeah, but we would we would say it's it's Western as far as culture, Western right, culture. Right. Okay. Okay. So okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That works. Do you think, like in well, I say the Western Church, Western culture, church, that there's kind of like, for lack of a better word, maybe kind of in a kind of arrogance that exists that thinks because typically there's usually a life of like prosperity and uh, good things happening within those churches that sometimes can kind of equate that to some sense of righteousness or godliness. And so if that assumption is being made, then if you're not seeing miracles, then you might think, well, miracles aren't happening because this is where it's at. Like where I live is where it's at because of how well we're doing and how generally speaking, how we revere God, that if miracles were happening, they would be happening here for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a myopic view of of our own importance and just if it's not happening down the street then it's not happening right if i don't right. see it it's not happening because a lot of these things like you know like i said if you really look for them you can find them with ease there's great follows on facebook and sites you can go to open doors usa is the first one i can think of if you're really looking at the kind of work that they're doing and the stories that they're telling about people man if, if you regularly follow them like I, I follow them on facebook i'm always getting all kinds of stuff from them about just one story after another various countries of just amazing things happening just amazing things and so as like i said i think if you're looking for it you'll find it but if you're not really seeking that not really looking at just really kind of looking at your, your your nearby surroundings yeah you might miss that possibly and come to a false conclusion as such. Uh, uh, absolutely. There, there is a, there is something, um, um, a humbleness. Uh, I think, like you said, is required to see miracles. Sometimes, you know, I, I think yeah. arrogance, arrogance by uh, definition can blind you. Absolutely. That's that's a good point. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's go. Let's keep moving along. We're doing pretty good here on time so far. I think. I think we're doing good for once. Uh, we'll uh, or twice actually. We did pretty good last week. <laughs> uh, we're going to hear to accusation three. And this we're going to try to, you know not go too long on this one. We're going to kind of watch ourselves. He says, the third accusation, accusation, excuse me, is why is the Bible full of contradictions? No one talks about it. Would you like to start on this one? Well, one thing that jumps out to me, and I know I always go to this, but I I just think it bears repeating. Um, It's almost like, you know, the same 
uh, so many times people that say they see no design or in nature, no pattern, and then they want to turn and look to scripture and say, Hey, I, I want everything to perfectly line up. Um, from my, like you said, from my perspective, to borrow a point from the other one, it, this is also can be a matter of uh, perspective because we're looking many of the scriptures and many of the so-called uh, contradictions, they clear up when you're looking at it from who it was written for in the original um, original languages and the the original culture. And so perspective is really important. You know, if you're going to come to this, from our background and from maybe speaking only English, uh, and then think when you're reading the Bible, you're getting the entire nuance is of these words and meaning. You know, I, I definitely think that's a little bit arrogant. I definitely yeah. think a little research is in order. To me, if you're not willing to put in the time to look at the whole picture and get a little, you, there should be some humbleness. The Bible has was the foundation of Western civilization. People have been writing about it, studying it for thousands of years. You know, um, so to think that everyone's not uh, that the, the body of scholars and academics haven't been studying and researching this. And if you, if you don't humble yourself to look, hey, what are they doing? What are they reading? Well, there's great Hebrew scholars that are writing theological works that you can look at to try to understand, um, you know, uh, the nuances of, of what we're saying. So a lot of the stuff, Josh cited a, a website we look to, and a lot of the so, so-called contradictions are are just a good Biblical knowledge and theology would clear up many of them. Real quick, can I just qualify something yeah. you just, yeah. just said real yeah. fast? Because yeah. um, I know this is what you what you meant by that. You're saying that in a, in a re, an English reading of the Bible, an English translation, many truths can be discovered in that reading. Yes, yes. I think what, kind of what you're saying though is like, yes. If you're, but if you're going to take the stance of I think there's contradictions, you're, you're going to take that and say there's problems with this, then you need to do the due research. Yes. So yes. you're just saying like you don't have to yeah. do the due research yes. to know truth yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. Okay, I just want to Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying quick. it's really easy to throw, to me, it's really easy to back up and not and be lazy, but then throw rocks. Then to me, you have to, right, to right. do a little, if you're not willing to do a little research, because, and, 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 and my proof of that statement is when we went to the website and you and I were talking about looking through, a lot of them could be cleared up if you wanted to. Just right, with that, a little bit of research, and this was a web, yeah, this was a website. I wanted to look and see because he never specifies any specific. Um, like I said, this, use that word twice there. He never specified any uh, contradictions. He just made the blatant statement. So I was like, well, let me go look and see what are some what are some common contradictions. Maybe we could just talk about a couple of them, whatever. And I, I searched it and I came across a website that had a laundry list of the, what they thought were contradictions. You know, and I shot it to you. And I was like, man, take a look at this. You know, let's kind of look at this before before we record and kind of what you were saying is we started looking through them and we're like, well, some of these are, I mean, I could probably fit some of these in different categories. Some of these like they're way out of context. Yes. Like, wait, there's, this was not read in the proper context. And, and if you just a simple reading of before this, maybe like this whole passage would clear that problem up like, like that. But, uh, and, but some of them were also required knowing some other contexts of other parts of the Bible and, Others were, others were like, I mean, I, I could see being a legit, like, hmm, sure. that's a, I'm not sure what to do with that. And because, yeah, I mean, it, I, I mean, you both would admit there's sometimes we come, come across something we're like, ooh, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Hey, we, you know, maybe we might text each other real quick or something. But, we, but what do we, do we stop there and just say, well, here's a problem and there's clearly something God doesn't exist. Yeah. Or, or, or make some sort yeah. of conclusion like that. Or do we actually say, you know what, let's go look at this. Being Christians, we have faith. 
we have faith in God. We, we've experienced that in our lives. We have a certain trust involved. And I, I, I'll speak for myself that for me, I, you know, what God has revealed to me through the scriptures has, has really has built my faith in him. So when I come across something that may be hard to swallow, I'm not sure what to do with, because of my faith and trust in him, even though I don't know what to do with it at that moment, I trust that there's truth there. So I know that if I go pursue this, and if I do, 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 do a little research, do a little study and study God's word more, that I do think there will be some kind of resolution and truth revealed in that. Yeah, just, yeah. Just my take. I, well, and I, I think it's really important because this isn't, this is something that is, well, uh, like you and I were both saying, we've been Christian for years and we still work through difficult scriptures. And sometimes mm-hmm, sure. you get an illumination, whether it's from other people in your community or from doing a little uh, research or further reading that will shed a different light and you'll see that scripture and you're like, oh, okay, that's what that means. And and Christians also, we have to say there's different tr- traditions within Christianity that view different scriptures um, in different lights. And that's a, that's a pretty wholesome uh, dialogue that needs to take place. You know, it's important to, that's what's being part of a community. Mm-hmm. That's what, I mean, you're going to get different perspectives and you're going to, you know, I've heard a sociologist, a prominent sociologist say that it made Christianity an intellectual powerhouse because people sat down to discuss scriptures and how they applied to their life. And they actually could progress from maybe a certain viewpoint and then uh, by a more in-depth look of scripture, it actually uh, progress a different viewpoint and, uh, you know, so the, I, I, and draw their own conclusions you know, take mm-hmm. principles of the Bible and say, okay, I will pull these principles out and then I will interpret them to an ex- a, a situation that I'm maybe not, uh, wasn't one reflected in the Bible narrative, a biblical narrative, but I'll pull out these uh, principles and I'll apply them to this situation. Mm-hmm. I'll interpret what they mean for me to do right now. He said that made Christianity a thinking person's um, worldview. I mean, that's pretty interesting, right? It is, yeah. I mean, that's one of the arguments why the Jewish people have been so successful is because their culture was um, a culture that was built around a literate world, a thinking world. Um, uh, Rabbis were always discussing uh, different viewpoints of scriptures and and how to apply them. And uh, one of the byproducts of that is per capita, no one, the Jews per capita have won so many more Nobel Peace Prize, or Nobel Prizes, excuse me, across the board in every category, right? They're the one people group that has, has is way overrepresented. Hmm. And people believe that's, it's because of their culture that they come from being a thinking people, because they're, uh, as the uh, Muslims call them, they're people of the book, right? Yeah. 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 yeah so I think to conclude that point there, uh, of that accusation, we would say, like, for those of you out there that come across those supposed contradictions and things you don't know what to do with it, really do your study, do your homework, look into it. Don't just walk away from it. I think that's how we could. Wrap yeah, and that don't up. and yeah, don't have a superficial view. If you're gonna, yeah. you got to dig deep to get under and around and to the side. And by that point, many times uh, you'll see it in a different light. For sure, for sure. Okay, let's go to his uh, fourth accusation. He says, how can God be love yet send 4 billion people to a place all because they don't believe and no one talks about it? Yeah, exa- I know, that's exactly what... Well, for, for one, we've, we've kind of already talked about this a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to ignore the no one talks about it because we've, we've already made this point already. Um, I, there's, a, <laughs> there's a whole branch of... 
of thinking called apologetics <laughs> that's <laughs> that deals with this constantly. So yes. I many 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 people are talking about it, but uh, that's probably one of the most common questions apologists get. I would think it's that's up there. There's really only probably about twenty. They they usually Ravi Ravi Zacharias always says that. There's he goes every every Q and A we do. I know all the questions they're going to ask. They're just going to be asked in just different ways. Everyone we go to, there's probably like a list of 20. I could, I could list and we're probably going to, all the questions will fall under one of those 20 that we get asked. But yeah, that's a really popular one there. But uh, yeah, we've talked about this before, Shane. We talked about the idea of, of heaven and hell. Um, go ahead and start us off here. This idea that a loving God could send so many people to hell. As, well, as he put it, as he put it. Uh, you know, I, I think that... Almost every Christian that applies uh, their mind to think about these things and think about um, scriptural truths, um, it's going to be something you're going to have to wrestle uh, with. A couple things, a couple quick thoughts that I'd like to point out uh, just right off the top with this that I think are important that I've been meditating on recently about it and thinking about is, you know, it's, pr- it's, it's very important to realize you can't stand on the ground of morality and condemn hell. That if you think, if evolution is true, if naturalism is true, um, all of us could walk outside into nature and see the strong dominating the weak. That, that is the story of the animal kingdom. And the idea that, um, you know, it, why is it immoral for people to suffer in hell? Why is it immoral for people to be in a place yeah. that is away from a place of love? When you're talking about love, good, wrong, or as Josh likes to say, good and bad, all those things, when you're talking about that, you're standing on holy ground. There is no context which you can morally condemn God. The second you start talking about morality, you're talking about God. He does not give you that option. And I, I think it's really important to, one, to realize that, that you're just just bring up morality to condemn hell. You're already getting into a place that's going to be hard to defend. You know, that, that opens <laughs> yeah. up a huge can of worms. Your, bricks, and, your back's up against the wall for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thought is something I think when we talk about eternity, there's some part of humans that are made for her eternity, um, I would say, is reflected in the scriptures. But there's also a part of us that's very here and now in a body. And sometimes we don't realize those tiny decisions that humans make on a day-to-day level. If you factor in eternity, um, you know, uh, you know, just like the famous story about the, you know, when you're shooting a rifle and you're just barely off, but down at the target, you're off by 10 yards. Um, trajectory is really important. When, when if a person is constantly turning away from uh, what is right, what is true, what is, uh, what is love, they're going to end up in a radically different place. And I, I believe that's really important to realize with the context of hell, even though these things seem real minor, what we're talking about and how could anyone end up in a terrible place by, you know, by making small, what would be perceived to be small decisions. When you look at uh, the uh, multiplication of morality and how it would go if someone just keeps progressing, um, you know, hell, we, we can see such darkness and evil unleashed on earth just in the span of a people's lifetime. Imagine if that multiplied by eternity, right? right. So I, I think it's really important to view uh, hell as out of this world. It's something that's totally, totally other that, you know, it's a doctrine that every thinking Christian has to wrestle with and look at. But I, I just, I mentioned those two points off, off, um, just off the surface because we're really discussing something that, that the Bible never takes for granted. It always talks about 
eternity and where you're going. It never, you know, it's something that's very seriously discussed in scripture. Yeah. I mean, that idea that, that no one's talking about it. I mean, has he never heard of Rob Bell and, and, and Rob Bell wrote a book about hell. Do you remember Josh? Yeah. That, uh, I mean, everyone was talking, literally everyone was talking about. So uh, to me, it's back to that idea of you get in t- inside the arrogance of being inside your own community. And then when you don't hear your friends, you know, not talking about it, you assume no one's talking about it. I mean, that's a pretty arrogant for any human to think that they're born in one place, one time. And if they're not hearing people talking about it, that means no one's talking about it. I mean, it's breathtaking. Yeah. It kind of uses it as a defense in a, in a strange way that, the, that these points are valid and no one's like, like it's like, almost like it's a conspiracy. Yeah. I almost feel like it's what conspiracy he's of at. science. That's ex- a science. Yeah. That's exactly what he's saying. Yeah. But the hell one, the hell one gets under my skin a little bit because I mean, I literally, as long as I've ever been a Christian, everyone's been addressing it and talking about it. Yeah. And what does that mean? It's, it's like what you said about the 20 questions. I mean, it's literally something that we're all, and almost every Christian, Josh, haven't you wrestled with the concept of hell? I mean, I know I have. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback a little bit off what you said, uh, the, I guess the perspective I sort of look at it as is, you know, that we, God created us for a relationship and to, to, to be with him. And our sin, you know, at the, at the fall in the garden, our sin created a separation. I think, and I think, I think this is helpful, is I think people think that, God with sin said, like, like he was like an angry person that was betrayed and just sort of like attacked, attacked Adam and Eve out of the garden and, and all this stuff. And it, like, that wasn't, re- that wasn't it. That's not what the Bible says. And God, it says that God can't, he can't be around sin. Like it's, it violates his nature. I mean, and his nature is love and mercy and grace and forgiveness. And it's, it's all those things. And so, you know, when people, when people, as as he would put it, the, the four billion, the number he put there, uh, when people that reject God, you know, and they stand before him one day in eternity, they never wanted him here on earth, and you know they they so they they carry this massive massive weight of sin on them. Now, really, that sin that's what keeps them from God, and they can't and it, and. And so I guess I look from that perspective. Again, people think I think people view God as some sort of angry, um, vengeful. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get you for. It's like somebody's been hurt, and I'm gonna pay you back for that. And it's like it's not that. It's like he's saying like I love you more than you'll ever know, but but there's a separation that exists between us because of your sin. Like I can't be around you. You can't be around me. And to go a step further with that, like kind of what I was saying earlier. He is love. He is mercy. He is grace. So if you have a separation from those things, then you exist in a place devoid of love, devoid of mercy, devoid of grace, devoid of forgiveness. What, what else of, is there? What, what else of, is there? Yeah. What kind of place is that? Yeah. And so, like, I think, I think when looking at it through that perspective, because like, again, people look at it as some angry, vengeful place that God just wants to can't wait to send people to, and man, it's such a such a warped view, and it's. It's very distorted. And so, yeah, okay, there we go. So, <laughs> said well, if piece. you turn away, I mean, I think, I just think to, to sum that up, I just have to say, I mean, if you turn, you said it very well. If you turn away from God, what else is there? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a place none of us want to go. None of us want to be separated from that. Okay, here we go. So let's go. Let's go to our last point here. And 
Uh, this is accusation five, and the last word, we'll end it right here. He says, science keeps piercing the truth of every religion. Lots of things help people change their lives, not just one version of God. Now, we talked about this before the show, before recording today, and I really wasn't sure what he was getting at here, because in the first sentence, he says, science keeps piercing the truth of every religion. So it seems that he's saying there's a pro- there's, there's the, whole, um, the whole battle between science and religion. That's where it seems like it's going. But then he says, lots of things help people change their lives, not just one version of God. Sort of the all paths lead to God argument that we hear sometimes. So I'm not sure if he's saying two different things or if, those, if he's trying to relate those together in some way. So yeah, I told you, I wasn't really sure how to respond to this because I'm not exactly sure what he's saying. I don't know if these are two separate. We can treat it however you want to do it. If we want to treat it as two separate arguments, we can. But I, well, I, thought, it was, I thought it was a strange, strange follow-up sentence to the first one. So you know what 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 is really loaded in this is which is just nuts. This I'm sorry, I don't mean to. I'm not trying to be rude, but you cannot talk about um, science making things better. Science, by definition, doesn't deal with morality. Science can make things more efficient. You can have better better food. But this idea that a lot of people are changing their lives for good because of the science is piercing the truth of every religion. I mean, it's kind of a mixed up sentence. And so the idea is science is not good or bad. It's neutral. It's, it's a way of, it's a, it's a process on how to uh, view and verify things in the natural world. And then technology born out of that by understanding um, how the world works. I mean, that idea that it's going to help you become a better person, you know, uh, and yeah, it'll, it'll uh, feed you better or give you better clothes but it has nothing to do with the essentials of being of humanity, which, you know, w- which is love, relationship, justice, truth. You know, any of the things that make life worth living as humans are, isn't addressed by um, science. So that's why science can be, even those though are all, those are all non-material things too. Yes. That science can't. It doesn't address. No. And so how is it really making something morally, you know, when, when you start talking about better than, I mean, you're, you're talking about morality and progression, and you literally, the, it doesn't deal with anything Ill, immaterial, like you were saying, which those are really the things that make life both good and better. And so, I, I you know, it's, it's a strange thing. I mean, how, are you going to call upon the God of science as you're uh, hearing your own death rattle in your own ears? I mean, the idea that it's, it's just a way of processing and looking at the world, uh, you know, to, to better understand it to develop things that will make life better as far as uh just natural functions you know this idea to me it's such a confusion to think that science in any way could replace um a worldview well you know? I, th- I think it's kind of a movement that's going on lately you know we had we had somebody comment to us on facebook about one of our podcasts and they had, the clean version of what they said was they don't believe in god they believe in real stuff like science and I think it's just sort of like this sort of um, headline mentality where they just think they've heard scientific findings. So therefore they just, and they, you know, they, they couldn't explain them to you. They couldn't, you know, get into the deep, the deep details of it, but they can say that science is real. You know, that's a real thing. You know, it's, it's sort of like a headline thing where you just, you know, the headline, but you don't know the story. And so I know when people bring it to me, I just, I like to ask a whole lot of questions. It's like, well, can you explain that a little bit more? You, you, you believe, you don't believe in God, you believe in science. Like what? Does do you believe that science disproves God in some way, or do you think science has all truths within it? Like, explain that point of view to me, or explain that worldview. I don't, I don't quite understand. 
Yeah, and, and the idea, like uh, that idea that if 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 you have hope beyond, uh, you know, hope for a life after the grave. I mean, it's not even addressed by science at any yeah. level. I mean, science is by definition here. It's now. It's you know. It's none of the things that I think mark Christianity as a a forward looking progressive vision of both life here and and a redemption, but then um, something that transcends this life. You know, something that we all seek trans, a meaning that transcends this life, that's deeper than and broader than this life. If our if your hope is just in this life, it's going to make you a super selfish person. I mean, this mm-hmm. is all you have, and you by definition that selfishness will will affect every decision you make. You know, uh, it just to me it is such a confusion of terms to think that science is going to address the whole of the human condition when, like you said. So clearly, so many of the things that that mark our everyday life and enrich all of our lives have nothing to do with the material world, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so to me that that's, but that's I just have to say that up up front because I I think that's really important. Like you said, there seems to be a great confusion on the idea of I believe in real stuff, like you know, like you're saying science, <laughs> yeah. and somehow that yeah that means there's no because you know evolution in the evolutionary you're just a random accident. There is no hope, meaning, purpose, uh, morality, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and so no one lives like that. No one lives with a completely materialistic uh, worldview. Or if they do, we lock them up in jail, right? Yep, that's right. You know, you know go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I just, I so to me, it's just, I, I, I just, it's a crazy. To me, it's a crazy statement. Like you said, it's almost like uh, they think if you're, it's this idea that they're to be a really intelligent, with it, sophisticated, sharp person that you're going to be a atheist. You know, we need a little sound drop for me for every time I think of something on the fly, and I try to reference it, but I can't remember all the details exactly. So it's going to be like we need like the bad, the bad <laughs> reference drop every time I come up with one of these because I got here comes one. It's coming right now. <laughs> In fact, like hours before we, just a few hours before we started recording, I was actually reading on, uh, I was like on Facebook and somebody, I think it was one of those things that came up in my, no one actually posted it. It was like an ad or something. And there's this chemist, he probably has a more pronounced title than that, but I know it dealt with chemistry. And he was making this argument that, um, I want to say like Tour was his last name, T-O-U-R, I think. I could be dead wrong, but I think that's what it was. Again, Again, we need the sound drop. It's my bad reference. And he was saying, he was building this case, and I was kind of going through it. I was like, it was a lot of scientific terms I didn't really understand. But uh, he was kind of getting the point, though, that based on what we know of like molecular structures and, and how DNA works, and how, the, the, essentially trying to figure out how life was composed from the get-go, how did life ever come into existence based on what we know about molecular chemistry. And he was saying, it makes way more sense that the, all the other planets that we've discovered, that no life exists, that lines up with everything that we've studied. But the fact that life exists on Earth and that this that life-giving molecules came into existence and we can't explain how, like, Earth is what doesn't make sense. Everything else is in the, that, in the known universe makes way more sense. I was like, whoa, God, what's what Wait, an interest, that sounds like a miracle. Did you just uh, describe a miracle? I think I did. Ding, 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 ding. So all of everything is a miracle. That's that's that would blow Marty uh, Sampson's mind, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna email him after the show and tell him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, 
but yeah, so yeah, uh, and there, there was a second part to that. We'll just hit this really quickly and we'll wrap the show up here. But he kind of sort of in that second sentence said, lots of things help people change their lives, not just one version of God, which kind of to me is pointed towards all paths lead to the same God. And I know, oh, who said this? I think it was Abdu Murray um, that said this. What he was saying that whenever you make that statement, you're offending every other religion by saying that all paths lead to God, because in their particular worldview, they have certain claims that they're making that if another worldview is going to contradict that, that other, their, their personal worldview. So to say that that contradiction doesn't matter or whatever, you're essentially undermining their entire worldview by saying that all paths lead to God. Because I never thought of it that way. So it's kind of, a, kind of an offensive statement, really, to make when you say that. And it's, it's a lazy statement, frankly. Yeah. Well, and to me, it's arrogant because you're saying you're the only one that can see that all religions lead to God. It's also putting yourself, the, uh, the assumption behind that statement is that, that he can see that all, he has this great insight and can see that all these paths lead to God. So he's not in any one of the paths, but he's superior to all of them because he's in this unique place to be able to see that they all lead to God from his vantage point. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to this, this tunnel vision echo chamber uh worldview that he has i mean you can't you cannot assume when you talk to three of your good buddies that between the four of you that no one's talking about it i mean who's he talking about no one's talking about it it's like saying that's like saying like me and my buddies out in the alley drinking beer no one's discussing it i mean it's so important before you get on a microphone to start yelling outside of your circle to listen to what people are saying outside of your circle before you speak outside of your circle be humble enough to turn your ear and see what people are saying outside of your circle. To me, he's speaking beyond what he can hear. That's a good conclusion there, Shane. I like that. That was very, very passionate. I like that. Thanks. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's that's a good way to wrap this up. And I I think we both have the same sentiments. We really hope that uh, Marty, you know, doesn't let this rattle him to the point where he does lose his faith, but that he's actually pursuing these questions. He's actually, I guess, doing his doing his homework, studying these things because the answers are out there. He, you just got to go look for them. And, it's, and to, to be frank, it's not a really difficult journey, really. Mm-mm. I mean, if you're looking in the right places, and so you can you can find these answers. So it's all a matter of perspective. It is. It is. It is. So, well, Shane, we're gonna wrap this up, and uh, it's great having you here as always. Enjoy your insights. Thank you, Josh. And uh, I guess we will see you next time on Switching Lenses. Mm-hmm.